0: We also would love to connect with you on our social media on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Hey Kingdom Culture family, happy Sunday. Welcome to all those watching live. Please engage in the chat, hit the like button, subscribe, share it with your friends, spread the word with us, encourage someone to join us this morning. If you're watching on Facebook, welcome, engage in the chat, like it, share it on Facebook. We appreciate it so much as well. If you're watching after the fact, we want to welcome you as well and just pray and hope that God really uses this message to impact your soul in a powerful way. I really hope that if you were part of, if you are part of our Kingdom Culture community, or if you're getting to know a little bit about us and you're interested in tracking with us that you were able to join our last last previous Wednesday, our midweek um, online Zoom meeting where we updated some of the family about what's happening coming into the latter part of the fall into the winter. Super excited about some of the partnerships and the new things that we're endeavoring to do moving into the winter season as well. Next Sunday is super important. You're not going to want to miss it. We are going to be updating you on what we were able to do with last year's 2020 special year-end House of Hearts financial offering. So those of you that do not know what that is, every year at the end of, um, well, near the end of the year, about the second Sunday of December, we as a Kingdom Culture Church community take up a special, one-time, year-end generous offering financial uh, giving moment above and beyond our normal giving to the house to further and expand the work of God's house as kingdom culture. And every year we ask our community to tie their faith to something that they're believing for the following year with their financial gift. And every year we hear amazing things. Well, last year, we had an amazing, amazing year as well uh, in the area of our House of Hearts offering, especially during a pandemic. And so we're going to be showing you and sharing with you next Sunday uh, what we were able to do with that Generous gift that you guys were all a part of, as well as going to be talking about what we were able to do as far as missions and what we were able to pour out financially in the last year to mission work, not only um, locally but around Canada and beyond. So, I'm super excited! So, you're gonna want to be there next Sunday to get that information. Watch with us, I know it will encourage you if you're a part of. Our family. And if you're not part of our Kingdom Culture family, but you're watching, welcome. And I know it will encourage you as well. Today, we are starting a brand new series that I'm excited about called Worthy. I know it doesn't sound super creative, but it's just the word that dropped in my spirit as I was praying what the Holy Spirit wanted to do over the next several weeks. Like, what is the theme? You know, I'm always kind of praying that, and we don't always get a theme. Sometimes I have like a prophetic word or insight. If you watch last week's message, um... I think that's a huge part of this next season. I would encourage you watch it. It was a very important prophetic message in that it's something that God has been speaking to me and I know is to encourage you as well watching. So if you didn't watch last week's message, When Lightning Strikes, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. But we're moving into this series called Worthy, and it's based out of Revelation chapter 5, Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 to 12. The whole book of Revelation is is John's vision on the Isle of Patmos and he's having a vision of what's to come in the end, okay? And he's having incredible encounters while he's there, and he's writing it all out. And of course, you know, or maybe you don't know, uh, the study of the Book of Revelation or the study of the end times is what we call eschatology. And everyone has, oh, uh, well not everyone, but many people have a very uh, different have different opinions on what their eschatology is, and what they believe is to be the right form of eschatology. And I'm not gonna get into that by reading this verse because this verse really highlights the core of what we're gonna be talking about over the next several weeks. And so, John, is to give you a little bit of context, uh, has having this vision, And really the theme of even Revelation chapter 4, 5 into 6, we see this theme of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God. He's called the Lamb of God. John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world as he approached his own baptism. So Jesus was called the lamb. He was led to the slaughter, like a lamb. Didn't say a thing, okay? And uh, that that he's pictured as the lamb. We are his sheep. He is the shepherd, but he's also the lamb. And he's also the lion. These are the symbolic uh, sort of uh, images that really demonstrate the different parts of God's character and nature to us. So he's called the lamb, the lamb of God. And in this encounter that John is having in heaven, he's seeing all these things Really, the theme from chapter four into chapter six, and multiple times throughout the book of Revelation, we see this reoccurring, repetitious theme of the worthiness of the Lamb, the worthiness of Jesus, it, it, like how, how worthy he is to receive A, B, C, D, E, which we're gonna get into and read in a second. But this is the core of the theme over the next several weeks that we're discussing, and it's under this banner of worthy. Now, a little dictionary definition before I read the scripture could be defined as something of a high value or merit, as a noun, as an adjective, something sufficiently good. It's sufficiently good. He's sufficiently good. I'm going to read Revelation chapter 5 verse 11 out of the New King James Version. Then I looked, this is John, then I looked and I heard the voice This is not John the Baptist, by the way. John the Revelator. Two different people, okay? Then I looked and I heard, and I want to say that because I referenced John the Baptist earlier. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Verse 12, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom, and strength, and glory, and honor, sorry, honor, and glory, and blessing. Let me say it again. Worthy is the lamb who was slain, slain, sacrificed, taken out for our salvation, so we can be set free, delivered from sin forever, eternally. Um, and, And this is the picture Behold, worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. I want to break down this word worthy in the Greek. It means deserving of praise, deserving of praise, or could be defined as due reward. Okay? Due reward. He is due great reward. Another way to describe this word worthy in the Greek is to weigh in assigning the matching value worth to worth. And so I give value because of value. I match value to value. I match worth to worth. He deserves it all because he gave it all. Okay. So I'm giving it all because he gave it all. He gave his life. So therefore I am giving him everything back. He is worthy to receive it all. The word receive in the Greek literally could be defined as accept with initiative, emphasizing the volition and assertiveness of the receiver. In other words, he's ready to receive. There is an expectation, not because he's this narcissistic, angry, you know, I deserve it all, I'm the, I'm the best in a negative sense, but because he knows who he is. He understands his identity. And so there's an expectation because he gave it all. He's ready to receive his due reward. He's ready to receive his due praise. He's ready to receive it all because he gave it all. And receive what? Power. We have power. Okay. Miracle working power. Strength. Mighty, wonderful working power is how we could describe it. Riches much in number and quantity abundance possessions of many kinds riches okay valuable bestowment okay material or, materially or spiritually to receive wisdom okay wisdom the wisdom the art of using wisdom whether it's higher lower worldly or spiritual it's all his it's all his strength force to overcoming immediate resistance honor perceived value worth literally a price tag attached to perceive honor, what has value in the eyes of the beholder, the value, weight, honor, willingly assigned to something, okay? He's ready to receive honor, also could mean esteem, especially of the highest degree. Glory, glory, exercising personal opinion, which determines value. Both terms convey God's infinite, intrinsic worth, substance, and or essence, okay? Blessing a reverential adoration. These are the things that God is expecting, Jesus is expecting to receive as the receiver. All these things, all these elements, all these attributes are due him, okay? And so in other words, really this passage that is gonna undergird the next several weeks of our theme of worthy, this this passage really undergirds what has been echoed through many different writers, all throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament. I mean, we see it in Job, the Apostle Paul, which we're going to dive into and break down today. Wrote in Romans chapter eleven, verse thirty-three to thirty-six, saying this: "Oh, how great our God's riches and wisdom and knowledge! How impossible is it, or it is, for us to understand His decisions and His ways? For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows?" Enough to give him advice. Verse 35. And who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back? Like, who has really given him it all so much that he really needs to pay it back? Verse 36. For everything. This is the key. This is the key verse I want to highlight today. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever Amen man, it all comes from him. So let's offer it back. If you're taking notes, write this down, offer it back. I want to talk about three truths to live by for week one of our worthy series, offer it back. God, I pray that in this season, we would see your value, that we would see what you're worth. We would see what's due you, not from like a negative, like I have to obligation, I have to, but because of a revelation of who you are, a get to, a get to understanding, not a have to understanding that God, we would have a revelation and unveiling of how, how worth, worth it. You are to give you it all that we are to offer everything back to you. It's all yours. It came from you. It originated with you. It it was created by you. And so I pray for everybody watching right now and going to watch this after the fact or listen after the fact that God, you would show us in this season what you're, what you're desiring from us. Because when you desire something from us, it's only because you want to give it back to us and even more in Jesus name. So let's read Romans chapter 11, verse 33 again, but just the last part of it, verse 36, for everything, or actually it starts actually in verse 35, and who has given him so much that he needs to pay it back, okay? Now this is really, in some sense, a direct reference to Job chapter 41, verse 11, who has given me anything, God is speaking, that I need to pay back. Everything under heaven is mine. Okay, because sometimes we can have this entitlement reality, like almost we're better than God, like God owes us something. Now, God doesn't owe us anything. We have the privilege and we have an inheritance because of what Jesus has done for us. But the motivation is very different than it's like, God, you owe me something because, you know, it's almost like this, this selfish motivation, the selfish intention, trying to twist God's arm, him to, for him to see our good works, our good behavior, like he owes us something. No, he doesn't owe us anything. He's already given it to us all through Jesus on the cross. His work has been finished. All we have to do is believe, okay? Our works can't earn it. Our works can't earn a good reputation with God to a place where we earn his favor, where we earn his blessing, where we earn his breakthrough, where we earn all these things. No, we just receive it by faith. And I know that sounds so cliche, but the reality of it is everything in the gospel, everything within what God has promised in our life is received through the lens of faith, is received through the state of being of faith. I appropriate everything that's mine through faith. Not a faith that I have to try to conjure up, but a faith because I'm persuaded by God that he is who he says he is, that his promises are yes and amen, and that his word is always true. So by faith, I'm able to receive into my life everything that he's promised me and therefore offer it back to him, okay? So I'm going to keep reading. Now in Romans 12, because I don't think we fully can understand verses 35 and 36 of Romans chapter 11, where it talks about everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended, very important, for his glory. I don't think we can fully understand what Paul is talking about in the end of Romans chapter 11, if we don't keep reading into Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And so and so, okay, so I've wrapped up this thought. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give now, to offer back, okay, to offer back your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Yeah, he's echoing this truth in a different way. Offer everything back because of all that he's done for you, because everything has come from him Anyways, okay, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. In other words, his will will unravel after you continue After you continue to renew your mind and change the way that you think because transformation happens as a result of that. Verse three, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies has have many parts, And each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Now, this is where I want to focus on verse 6 to verse 8. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. tied directly into why we were given so much okay and into the revelation that everything comes from him so simply to give it back and to offer it all back to God because he is worthy he is worth for us being a good steward of everything he's given us the reason why i read that if if you if you're not catching What I'm saying is because when we hear about how everything comes from him and is intended for his glory, we hear about how it all exists because of his power. When we hear this statement and then we see the things that God has given us as a result and his expectation of us to offer it back and us to give our bodies as living sacrifices thus using the gifts that God has given us to use when we see those two thoughts together we truly understand some key truths that I believe Paul is encouraging us to live by and this is why it's so important that the kingdom life Of every spiritual person out there that says they love Jesus and is following Jesus and is in a relationship with Jesus, the key like the the truth or the one of the main revelations of kingdom life has to be generosity in every area of life. Generosity with our talents, our skills, our gifts, everything that God has given us. To be given back in service to Him, in honor of Him, because He is worthy, in service to our communities, in service to the world around us, in love to our neighbor, in love to our family. All of this is a part of stewarding God's gifts in our life to make the statement that we understand that everything He's given us is intended for His glory. Now, we're gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself, we're gonna get into that in a little bit here. I wanna highlight three truths to live by found in verse 36. Of chapter 11. So verse verse 36, chapter 11, Romans 11, for everything comes from him. So write this down. Number one, first truth to live by is he is my source. He is my source. Powerful revelatory truth that we are to live by, that he is my source for everything comes from him. It's the statement of he is your source. He is the sustainer of all things. The greatest threat, listen to this, to our supply chain, to our supply chain is our belief that he is not enough. Our belief is what positions us to receive. Let me say that again. The greatest threat to our supply chain is our belief that he is not enough. Now, I could be just speaking about our spiritual supply chain, our spiritual strength. Our spiritual sustenance, what gives us life spiritually to keep on moving. Yes, he is our source. But I want to even say it to everything else that we do in life. We can blame the supply chain. We can blame the natural disasters around us. We can blame the natural circumstances around us. But just because natural circumstances change, does that mean the nature of who God says he is changes? Absolutely not. He remains strong. When things around us are shaken, there is one thing that cannot be shaken, and that is who he is. That is what he is like. That is his kindness, his generosity, his favor. So even though the natural supply chain is broken, God is still enough. And if God is still enough, God will make a way where it seems impossible to find a way. Because God is still our provider and he's still El Shaddai. He's still the God of more than enough. I hope we're hearing this today. So the greatest threat to our supply chain is our belief that he is not enough because our belief is what positions us to receive. Now, for example, if you don't believe the quarterback has thrown the ball your way, you will not open your hands to receive it. Nor will you run to make yourself open to catch or receive what you do not believe is there. Okay? Some of us don't believe that Jesus has the ball as the quarterback and is throwing us passes. We don't believe it. So we're acting like, and we're living life out like, where it's kind of strolling around, walking around. He's trying to throw us passes all the time. He's just waiting for you to look up, open up your hands, and receive this pass he's trying to give you. If our eyes are down, if our eyes aren't in a right perspective, if we're looking at the natural circumstances around us, all the troubles, all the challenges, and we're never looking to our quarterback who has the ball, who has the answer, and never positioning ourselves to receive and catch what he's trying to throw us, we're going to miss out on life. And therefore, we will not have this... Great understanding and truth to live by that he is my source. He's got the ball. He's got what we need. He has the supply. All we have to do is look at him and get ready to receive. This is what faith does. It positions our heart, you guys, to receive what he wants to give us. This is what I call baby discipleship 101. And it's the truth of getting to know God, getting to know Jesus as our source and supply of everything. Baby Discipleship 101. It's like the baby bottle. It's the soother. It's the Susie whatever you call it. It's the blankie. It's like the, the thing that, that I believe God, one of the first things that God wants to teach his people when they give their lives to him is that he is my, he is my source. He is my supply. Like everything that I need can be found in him. Our source of love, our source of strength, Our source of power, our source of provision, our source of help, our source of protection, healing, security, heavenly identity, our favor. And of course, I could continue to go on and on. But these are the things. These are the elements. These are the truths, the revelations that God wants us to have when we first come into relationship with him. And those revelations, those truths only expand and mature over time. As you continue to open up your hands to receive the ball, the quarterback's throwing at you every time and get touchdown after touchdown. Sometimes you don't get the touchdown. Sometimes you catch the ball, but then you stop and you got you know, to, there's, there's still more yards left to get to the end zone. Like, like life is not all about touchdowns. Sometimes we fumble the ball. Sometimes we miss the catch, we misstep. It's part of it. But as long as we keep our eyes on that quarterback, as long as we keep our eyes on where he's throwing the ball and we make an effort, we do our best to catch and position ourselves, yes, we're gonna make mistakes. But in the end, we're gonna catch some balls and make it to the end zone and we're gonna win. And we're gonna see the evidence of his goodness over and over in our life. I remember in the very beginning, of my journey with God when it came to leadership. Remember, I remember leading outreaches and these events on the street. I I had, up until this point, leading these outreaches on the street with hundreds of people on the street at a time that had been through my schools, had been through my courses. I remember going into these moments with no budget, you know, no financial backing, just faith going into these moments. And of course we needed to have a certain amount of money to use venues and do these things and then go to the street and, you know, give money to the poor. And you know, we would buy homeless people like nice clothes and people that were just down and out like crazy, amazing steak dinners to show them dignity. I mean, uh, we would just pour out, pour out to the poor and the homeless in our city over and over again with shelters and and just loving on on people of all kinds of in all kinds of ways. You know, we'd go into coffee shops and do what we called free spiritual readings, set up a booth. And we'd prophesy for three, four hours. Why? Because Jesus is free. He's spiritual and he reads your heart. And so we just use language that people don't understand to reach people. And we had managers who just loved us because we brought them so much business. And we had incredible, incredible outcome all the time. But these things and these moments and events to put them on cost money. And we just never had a budget. But I remember in the beginning of my leadership journey, leading these events and starting these events, just learning to trust God as we stepped out, as we were stepping out into obedience. Because honestly, obedience, I believe, is one of the greatest elements of our relationship with God if we want to grow. If we're not going to be obedient to when God says step, when God says move, when God says walk, when God says, hey, come, walk on some water. If we don't step out in obedience, we will miss these walking on water moments. And so, and part of these, part of the journey in the beginning is about God putting in like key foundational blocks into our spiritual journey that really help us see who he is. He is who he is as our source and as our supply and who he is as El Shaddai, the God of more than enough or another name for him, Jehovah uh, Jireh, the God who provides like, and he's not only the one who provides, he's the God of more than enough. He's everything that we need and more. And I remember over and over again in the beginning of my journey, trusting God and seeing God show up, seeing God pull through. And I remember like being in tears a lot in the beginning of my journey being like, did I make a mistake? Like I'm going to break the bank here. I, I, I can't afford this personally, you know, at the time to do these events by myself with my own money. And yet every time God provided over and over and over again. I remember even in little things in the beginning of my journey, when I, you know, I had worked for years and saved up a bunch of money. And and when I gave my life to Jesus, within 11 months, I was called to move to Minnesota. And I had saved up just enough money because I had saved it really well, just enough money to, you know, pay for my full first nine months of being an intern in the U.S., living in the U.S. as a 19-year-old. And uh, it was a game-changing season for me, transition. But I remember as I was transitioning, there were other things I needed. Like, I needed a bunch of, like, dress clothes. I needed, like, all kinds of other things that I did not have the money for. I remember, like, as I was leaving, just the blessing and the support and God would speak to someone. Like I remember this one time, someone that wasn't even in my, connected to me really, barely uh, even knew my journey spiritually. I don't even know if they believed in God. They just felt prompted to give me $700 to buy dress clothes. They didn't even know. I didn't even actually have dress clothes at the time. I didn't really wear dress clothes and I didn't have what I needed because I was going to be in many different environments that just weren't Uh, I wouldn't have fit into, let's just say, if I didn't have some dress clothes because the clothes that I did have, uh, you know, it, it, it just didn't fit, let's just say, in certain parts of where I was gonna be in Minnesota doing what I was doing. And so I just had all these moments where I remember in the beginning of my journey, when I took a step of obedience, took a step of faith, God showed me that he is my supply and he's gonna continue to be my supply when it makes no sense. Baby Discipleship 101. 101. So offer it back because he's worthy. Number two, second truth that we are to live by. He is my creator. He is my creator. And just let me just say this because all these truths that I'm talking about really are truths that hopefully turn into this willingness to offer back whatever God has blessed us with back to him in honor, in some form, in some shape. So number two, he is my creator. Romans chapter 11, verse 36, for everything comes from him and exists by his power. It exists because his power is what created it to begin with. The Passion Translation says it like this, for out of him, the sustainer of everything, came everything. Where did it come? Out of who he is. He is power. He is love. He is a creator. Okay? Came everything and now everything finds fulfillment in him. The Amplified says it like this. For from him all things originate. All things originate. All things, all things originate are created and through him all things live and exist okay his creative power is what has given us everything we are and have today whether you realize it or not okay you may have been cruising through life feeling like you did it all you accomplished all you can give credit to yourself you can give credit to your hard work I'm not saying don't work hard I'm not saying be, I'm not saying be idle. I'm not saying sit around, just wait for, you know, dollar bills to fall from the sky. No, you got to work hard. But then there's a whole other side of our relationship with God outside of us working hard, that God causes us to do things that are outside of our strength, outside of our logic, outside of our skill. Like Peter, when he said, when God said, walk on the water. Okay. Peter could not have prepared for that in school. Peter could not have worked hard to get to a place where he could walk on water. There are super natural moments in life that no matter how hard you work, your finances won't save you, your talents won't save you, your good work ethics won't save you. Like, do all those things. But there are certain moments, if you want to live a life of faith, where he's going to call you call you, and cause you to walk on the water and do the impossible, and in those moments, you're really leaning into the reality and the truth that He's the Creator. If He created everything, man, He could do anything. And if He's calling me to walk on the water, if everything that's if the water exists because of Him, He created it. Guess what? I can walk on the water. If He's called me to do something that doesn't make any sense, guess what? I can do it because to Him it makes sense. Because faith in God's mind and in God's perspective, is what makes most logical sense. What makes logical sense to us often is what seems foolish to God. What seems foolish to us, walking on water, it goes against the laws of physics, is what is logical to God because it's a moment of faith. And everything that we have in God is rewarded to us because of faith. Our faith is the access point, okay? it's the persuasion that God is who he says he is. So this is so truth. This is so crucial in our walk to get this revelation and this truth that he is our creator. It says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 that he is the author and finisher of our faith. I think this verse is one of the most comforting verses in the whole entire New Testament. He's the author and he's the finisher. So when you're in the middle and you don't feel like things have finished, you don't feel like things have come to a conclusion, and you're still in the middle, you know that the journey was started by great faith, and you were all in, you walked onto the water, and now you feel like you're sinking, just remember that he's also the finisher. And if you can lean into that truth, that reality, that he is the finisher, that he is the author, he is the creator, he is the one who started this journey in the beginning, he will also be faithful to finish it. He will be faithful to finish it. I remember you know in the beginning of my journey probably just several months into the beginning of my spiritual journey as a new believer really desiring God's power i had had some i had several encounters at this point just months into my journey and where god changed my life but there was one significant encounter that um after about a week of pursuing i was like really pursuing the power of the holy spirit like God, you're, you're this creator. Everything exists by your power. I want to experience your power. I want to experience your creative power. What does it look like to experience? Like, it's like putting your hand into a, uh, a light socket. You know, when you do that, what's going to happen? Something's going to happen. You're going to feel it. Something's going to go through your body. You're going to get shocked. You're going to get woken up. You're going to get zapped. Well, I wanted to get zapped, so to speak, by God. I wanted to move into a place where I really encountered God, the God of the Bible. I mean, he was zapping people all the time. Look at the Old Testament. There was crazy encounters. I mean, even Paul's encounter as a murderer of Christians, riding on a pony, riding on a donkey, riding on a horse uh, into Damascus, a light strikes him down off the horse and a voice speaks to him, strikes him blind for three days. I mean, Paul has a radical encounter with God that changed everything. He encountered the creator, this truth that God is a creator, that everything exists by his power. He had a creative power encounter with God. I wanted that. I wanted that so bad. And I remember talking to people that had been walking with Jesus for some time and asking them like, how do I go deeper? And I want to experience God's power. And it was genuinely just real for me. And I remember leaving Tim Hortons one night after, because we used to have meetings all the time in Tim Hortons back before we had a revelation of, of coffee. And we would literally sit there for hours talking about Jesus and Tim Hortons. And I remember leaving Tim Hortons one night, driving back home. And in my 1991 Topaz, Golden Topaz, I had an encounter with God. I literally felt like I was on cloud nine, like I was floating in my car. Okay, this is when um, you know driving under the influence is okay, because I'm under God's influence. Okay, just hear me say that I'm under God's influence. So I'm driving home. I'm having this encounter with God. I'm like weeping. I am praying in this new funny language called. Tongues. I'm getting. I'm receiving the baptism, what the Bible calls the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, and for me, the evidence was speaking in in this crazy personal prayer language called tongues that we see in First Corinthians chapter 14. I'm not talking about the First Corinthians chapter 12 description of tongues used in a public setting. I'm talking about the prayer language. Okay, I'm uttering mysteries to God. Make sure you understand the difference. And I'm driving back home, and I get into my driveway. And I remember just like falling out of my car and onto my driveway. And for the next two and a half hours, just praying in this language. And I literally felt, literally, and I wasn't, but I felt this, like I was levitating on life. Like I was just levitating in my bed all night, just praying in this language over and over again, over and over again. It did something to my spirit. I experienced the power Of my creator. I had this experience with this revelation that God is creative. He is, or he is the creator. He is the one, he is the one who created all things. Now I'm experiencing the source of creation in my life in a powerful way. It was like I put my hand in that spiritual light socket and everything changed from there. Everything changed from there. Number three, number three, he is my motivation. Third truth to live by. Once again, if we understand these truths, we are going to be able to offer back everything that comes from him back to him. He is my motivation. Romans 11 chapter, or chapter 11 verse 36 says the latter part of it. And he is, or sorry, let me just read the whole thing. For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Write this down. Intentions are so important. Intentions are so important. But what motivates us guides our intentions. And what we do with what we have starts with intention. So intentions are so important, but it has to move into doing. So what we do with what we have starts with intention. And what motivates us guides our intentions but hopefully it translates into something that we do living out our life like Romans 12 says as a living sacrifice we're offering our body back to him so what is motivating you what is motivating your use of what God's given you what's motivating your use of your finances of your skills of your talents what's motivating you at your job your career with your family what's motivating you what hopefully it's because you want to give glory to God because everything that God has given you is Intended for his glory. Romans chapter 11, verse 36. It's intended for his glory, to give him glory. Anything and everything we offer to God has intention behind it, and God's intention and hope is that you would offer it back to him for his glory. That's why we read some of the various gifts mentioned in Romans chapter 12. Those gifts are intended. For his glory, not our own. All those things we, we mentioned from verse 6 to verse 8 in Romans chapter 12, talking about serving others, being generous, being kind, prophesying. All these things are intended to give God glory because we understand what's motivating all these things is hopefully to give him honor and glory. Now, I I, I want to say this because I think a lot of us pre-Jesus— We just kind of live life where we kind of get all the glory. We live life like it's all about us. But when you give your life over to Jesus and you surrender your life fully to Jesus, you let him into the front seat of your car. You let him drive you towards your future. Let him drive you to the place he wants to bring you in life. You let him be the guide. You let him be the leader. When you do that, there is a switchover. Where all of a sudden, no longer is it about you and you getting the credit. It's about offering everything back to God because he offered it first to you. This is the revelation of Romans chapter 11, verse 36. That it all, everything originates from him. Hopefully now what motivates your life as one who is walking with Jesus is to give him everything that he gave you back and even more and i first learned this with music when i you know i was studying to do music you know i'm i'm way far out of that space now but in my life like i thought i was going to do music with my life i had a bunch of offers to go to australia paid fully paid school offers to go to argentina fully paid i had offers to do different things and you know music was everything for me music was everything for me and up until I met Jesus, it was all about me. I thought like music was about fulfilling what felt good for me. I thought music was about like finding my identity and I had identity in music. I found identity in playing music. It was like everything that I was, my whole life was dedicated. All of my high school, most of my high school years were focused on music, music, music. And then when I met Jesus, I realized, man, like I've been doing music for all the wrong reasons. Like this passion and this desire and this gift was given to me so that I could give it back to him, so I could offer it back to him. And because now I had a new motivation, I had a new motivation, my motivation became giving him glory. And so then after I gave my life to Jesus, I did the whole worship thing and played drums. Like, I mean, I had the opportunity to go around the world and play drums in many different places and awesome events and conferences and just doing tours here and there. And it was an amazing experience for me where I spent so many years kind of like doing it for me. It was my identity and then giving my life to Jesus and now being able to offer it all back to him. It was like redemptive for me to to give it all back to him. And this is the life of a believer where we go through these phases from not being a believer and doing things for ourselves to all of a sudden now doing it all for him, offering it all back, but we can't offer it back if we don't understand these truths that I believe we are called to live by. Let me just do a recap of the three points that I've already made. Number one, he is my source. Number two, he is my creator. Number three, he is my motivation. If we understand these truths and we can live by these truths, it will be really easy to offer everything back to him. In moments where it's hard, offering it back to him are moments when we forget these truths, when we stop living by these truths. Remember, everything that has been given to us is intended for his glory. I hope this message really encouraged your soul and strengthened you. As we close, I want to pray with you. I want to pray that in this season that God would give you a strong revelation that everything that you've been given is to be given back because he's worthy and he's worth it. My prayer is that you would have a revelation of the value of Jesus' worth in your life. That you would have a revelation that he is worthy of you offering back your time, your skills, your talents to God. Everything that you are. And, and sometimes it looks like Peter walking on water. That he is so worthy that you're giving back trust again. Maybe you had broken trust in the past. And this is a season where he's going to heal and restore that trust again in him. So when he calls you, that you don't sink next time because you can keep your eyes focused on him the entire time. Even when it feels scary, you don't have to look down at the waves beneath you because it was only when Peter looked down at the waves, at the impossible thing that he was doing, that he feared. And because of fear, he sank. He got his eyes off of Jesus. And my prayer that in this season, as we learn about how everything that God's given us is intended for his glory, that we keep our attention on his glory, that we have a revelation of God's worth in this season. We're in this series called Worthy because I believe that he is worthy of it all. He is worthy of everything. So Jesus, I just pray that in this moment right now, that you would just solidify in us a greater understanding of your worth, a greater understanding of who you are as the lamb, like John saw in Revelation chapter 5. The lamb who is worthy. The lamb who was worthy to receive everything. Riches, power, honor, glory, blessing, wisdom. God, I pray that in this season we would have such a deep revelation of your worth in our lives. That areas where we're holding back. God, that you put the magnifying glass on those areas and help us to see it's because maybe we don't trust you. Maybe we don't feel like you're worthy of those areas. Maybe we feel like we're scared to let those areas go. We are struggling to see your value in those areas of our lives. I pray that in this season, you'd remove all that, God, and clear All the clutter in our perspective of you that would block us from seeing how worthy you really are in Jesus' name. So God, thank you for what you're going to do in this season. And I pray that everybody watching, God, would just feel strengthened in their soul and renewed in their perspective today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much, Kingdom Culture, for taking time, joining us today. I hope this message encouraged you. Stay tuned for week two coming up. And don't forget, next Sunday is a really important one. We're going to share some exciting news with you. God bless you.